Well, good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. We're glad to have you aboard tonight. It is a, what, Wednesday evening, um, the 12th of January, and we have a really interesting show for you tonight. Um, you guys kind of know one of my things in life is I really like to give voice to the voiceless and give people a chance to uh, share their story. And tonight we have a, an, a, a story, it depends on how you look at it. It's, it's a 13-year-old boy, a uh, young man actually, uh, from Lebanon, Oregon. And um, he's uh, fighting a really nasty, nasty cancer. And, um, and we're gonna talk to him about that and his mom. They do have a GoFundMe, but I heard about this. This isn't so much to raise money as it is. I just think it's really healthy for all of us to kind of put in perspective where our lives are and stuff. And uh, and uh, he's a very brave young man. Going to come on and talk to us. And um, I'm super excited to do that. And uh, we our show is sponsored by Buck Sanitary Service. Um, you know, the buck stops here. And in a community, you can't be a community without action. You can't love without action and uh, listening to a young man and finding out more about what we can do to help in prayer and finances or whatever is super important. And so he's going to share his story and uh, he's an Oregonian. And so we're going to hear more from him. Also, our other sponsor. Oh, so if you ever are looking to have a party or something like that, um, Bucks rents out these beautiful restrooms with showers for weddings, all that kind of stuff. They also service the fire industry um, when firefighters are out. Um, Scott Weld is never around in the summer because he's out with those getting getting uh, restrooms and facilities to those firefighters. So that's one of the things they do. Our other sponsor, Chris Dennell, Family Dentistry, Michael Bratlin, my dentist. Um, he sponsors every night. He loves what we do. Um, he loves what we're going to be doing in Montana. Uh, he's a big supporter. And if you're looking for a dentist who, who cares about um, your health, not your vaccination status or mass status or anything like that, he cares about your health. Um, he's the guy you should go see. He's all about freedom and your health and who you are as a person. So um, I'm going to run the open. And then Bill London had uh, had two segments on tonight. And, uh, you know, Bill, he's always doing something wacky. So let's start the show and then we'll get to Bill. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. From the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KBNW Studios, I'm Bill London. And out of curiosity, has anybody had kind of an odd reaction to the vaccine? You know, big eyes, giant hands, no bones in your arms, asking for a friend. From the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios, I'm Bill London. Hi. All right, here's a look at some of the stories that uh, we are following right now. 
So a COVID-19 testing company that's been operating in Oregon and across the country is now under investigation by the Oregon Department of Justice. Today, the DOJ shared complaints against Center for COVID Control. They allege that test kits were improperly handled. Turns out there's allegations and investigations going on in other states as well. And they claim that the company failed to report results to health authorities and that they emailed results to patients before the tests were actually performed. Wow. They've got a patent on telling the future. So the Senate Republican office has issued a letter to the OHA. Now, this comes as the United States Supreme Court is currently making a decision on whether the OSHA vaccine mandates, as demanded by President Joe Biden, will actually stand. And at this point, they have not released a decision. However, a couple of sources today have said that they expect fully that we will get a decision on that tomorrow. But... Ahead of that, the Senate Republican office sent a letter to Oregon OSHA today, and it said that the U.S. Supreme Court will soon rule on the legality of the federal OSHA vaccine mandate on employers who have 100 or more employees. We write to request that Oregon OSHA wait until all legal challenges are resolved to implement the rules. They say that we do not believe the government should be mandating medical procedures. We believe it's an extreme overreach of government authority and a violation of Oregonians and America's freedoms. Regardless of these views, the vaccine mandate is not supported by scientific evidence or prior policies dealing with infectious diseases. The current state of the pandemic does not warrant this kind of government overreach. Law and logic would demand evidence that the vaccine being mandated prevents the spread of the disease. OSHA being in charge of workplace safety would also need to show that the vaccine would stop transmission in the workplace. For the current variant, there is no such evidence. Thus, the vaccine mandate is not substantially related to OSHA's mission. Because of high vaccination rates and widespread availability of vaccines, the virus no longer poses the threat it once did. According to the director of the Oregon Health Authority, Patrick Allen, people are 50 to 70 percent less likely to be hospitalized by the current variant than previous variants. They further wrote, COVID-19 now has a similar risk to the seasonal flu, a virus we do not mandate vaccinations for. Okay, well, as you probably well know, the Oregon legislature is going to be in for a short session, 35 days, starting on February 1st. And while no agenda, at least at this point, has been set for the legislature, we do know a few things, and these are takeaways from what they refer to as legislative days. Now, that started today, and it's a three-day marathon of informational hearings on a variety of topics that very well could become legislation during this year's session. So these are some things that we've been able to call taking a look at the agenda that's been set for these legislative days. The House Interim Committee on Business and Labor is going to be discussing overtime for agricultural workers and essential worker pay. Now, read into this whatever you will. These are the simple descriptions that are being given right now. The Senate Interim Committee, Committee on Labor and Business is going to be discussing 
paid family and medical leave and the insurance program. The House Interim Committee on Revenue is going to be looking at the corporate activities tax. I think we all know what that is. That's the gross receipts tax. And they'll also be looking at the state and local SALT deductions. The Senate Interim Committee on Healthcare is going to be looking at COVID-19 and prescription drug prices. The House Interim Committee on Housing is going to look at rental application fees and a homeless services pilot program. They're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, the House Interim Committee on Healthcare is going to be talking about the Oregon Health Plan and updates there. I'm sure they're going to be talking about the fact that the last legislative session that a bill was passed that essentially extends free health care to illegal aliens. They'll also be talking about health insurance marketplace enrollment and the Senate Interim Commission on Housing and Development is going to be talking about rental and homeowners assistance programs. Well, Betsy Johnson not only is raking in the dough, she's also raking in the endorsements. Now, if you recall, she abandoned the Democratic Party that she's been a part of for well over 20 years in the legislature and is running as an unaffiliated candidate for governor. And she's raised already more than any of the other candidates with well over $3 million. And it's kind of interesting, she's now released a new list of endorsements. And they come from Republican former speakers of the House, Larry Campbell, a Republican from Eugene, and Bev Clarno, the Republican from Bend. Two pioneering black lawmakers, Democrat Abel Gordley and the first black woman elected to the Senate and former Democratic Party of Oregon chair, Margaret Carter. Carter said, I'm excited for an independent governor liberated from party politics who's going to bring all voices to the table. And they continue to stack up. The Oregon National Guard is being deployed, as you well know, to hospitals around Oregon. At last count, it was 500. Well, now they're being deployed to more than 50 different hospitals around the state. And the governor now puts the number of Oregon National Guard members that are being deployed at 1,200. Will that number go higher? Who knows? So the Oregon Employment Department had some problems during the pandemic, and that was just getting payments out to people, getting them out to the right people, and even answering questions and fixing problems. Part of the reason for that is that back in 2009, the Oregon Department of Labor uh, or Employment was given over $70 million to upgrade their computer systems and the state sat on that money. They didn't do anything with it. So as a result, the ailing system pretty much crashed and burned during the beginnings and middle of the pandemic. And one question that was continuously asked of the Oregon Department of Employment was how much money had gone out in fraudulent claims. Now we knew that across the nation, billions of dollars, it's estimated now over $50 billion, went out in unemployment fraud claims and losses. And Oregon refused to say how much, even though we went through Freedom of Information Act requests, uh, public information uh, requests and the like, they wouldn't say. Today, they say they have identified, note, 
identified 24 million in fraudulent jobless claims paid in 2020. Now, that's a new report from the agency in its first public attempt at actually saying how many fraud losses the state suffered during the pandemic. That total includes only fraud the department has specifically identified, and the agency acknowledged that the total fraud losses were assuredly higher, but they don't know how much higher. Now, this is only for 2020. It's 2022. And as far as how much the state lost in 2021, they haven't tallied it yet. The state kept saying they didn't want to give an exact amount because they were afraid early on, and this goes back to 2020, they said, well, they didn't want to release any information because they feared that it would invite online thieves to target the state. The fact that they haven't tallied all the losses yet really kind of flies in the face of that statement. It really means at the time they had no clue. A new state law in Oregon is aimed at preventing catalytic converter thefts, and it is now in effect. It was Senate Bill 803 that limits the sale of catalytic converters to commercial vendors preventing black market sales. The bill requires scrap metal businesses to retain the make, model, year, vehicle identification number, and license number associated with whatever catalytic converter they buy in order to redeem the value. Over the last few years, the thefts have skyrocketed around the state as thieves, generally drug addicts, crawl underneath cars, saw the catalytic converters off, and sell them for several hundred dollars. Yeah, that's right. They can get several hundred dollars for a single catalytic converter. All right, that's what we have right now. Now it's time for Rick to get real. I'll remind you tomorrow morning, Stan Pulliam, who's running for governor here in the state, is going to be on the wake-up call at 740. Invite you to join us for that. All right, Rick, real. Get real. Do it. Real. All right, Bill, and thanks for your little character at the beginning. That was very fun. Um, Bill is a very creative guy. Plus, he's a hardworking journalist um, who digs up these stories himself because you will not hear any of this on other broadcasts around town or the state. Um, he does his homework. He digs into it, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So we're happy to have him with us working, uh, doing our stuff for us. So um, got a great interview tonight. Um, I'm going to have his mom and, and uh, Thomas and Jolene come on, and I'm not going to try to explain what it is that he's uh, fighting right now. But this is the man of the hour. There he is, Thomas. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. So Thomas is 13. Oh, there you're smiling. Now that's what I like to see, buddy. You know, Thomas, just so you know, we do have a highly female audience out here, and if we're going to get you a date, this is going to have to. We're going to have to work on the smiling thing, okay? <laughs> Thomas is 13. He doesn't care. Um, Jolene, would you explain to our audience and people out there? And and uh, Jolene uh, is wearing a mask uh, because uh, Thomas is he's he, he's it's really important. He's very um, immunocompromised right now. OK. And so we want to make sure that that's good. So tell tell people what start at the beginning. Where, when, what happened and when? Oh, gosh. So. I would have to say probably the first symptom was um, he had some upper back pain, but he played football. Um, I took him in and the doctor just assumed he had overextended the muscles in his back. Uh, so he did some um, exercises to help it. And then um, 
probably about a month later, I noticed he just, he's dropping a lot of weight and he said his side was hurting. So we took him into urgent care and they said he had a kidney stone. So drink lots of water. They never did any imaging through any of this. And then um, two days later, he could walk across the living room and he had cold sweats. He had, uh, he was just pale white. So I rushed him in, they did labs and uh, he's severely anemic. Um, all his blood counts were super low, which is, they said, um, is like uh, indicative to leukemia. So they did a CT scan to look for lesions to confirm it. And they did find lesions. So they initially thought he had leukemia. So they rushed him to Portland by ambulance and they did a bone marrow biopsy. And it came back that he actually had um, Avalar, av that's really hard to pronounce, Avalar uh, rhabdomyosarcoma, also known as ARMS. And this is super, super, super rare. Yeah, it's a rare cancer, especially in children. Um, when his back hurt initially, it was because he had a lesion on his upper spine and he actually had uh, two fractures. So he walked around with two fractures for a month Wow! before they even found it. He has four now, but yeah. So how, I mean, how serious can you talk about? Like how it, it, it's, he's, he's really got to watch it, right? Yeah. He's uh he has a back brace. He's on spinal uh, precautions. Um, he has a huge network of uh, physicians on his team from neurosurgeons to uh, hematologist to uh, oncologist. Um, trying to think of the ones that he's got calcium issues because the cancer um, is in his bones and it creates these lesions, which leaks the calcium into his blood. So we have to keep an eye on that. Um, how, how long ago did this start, Jolene? Uh, they said it probably started, uh, see, he went in the middle of, uh, probably the beginning of October. It's so very, it's just pretty, this has been just yeah. a few months. Yep, it's very aggressive. Um, it's, it's a very aggressive cancer. But what, what is it like for you as the mom? It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's living literally in a parent's worst nightmare, I think. Um, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> is it hard because one, it's, well, no, it's obviously it's your son, but two, he's, I mean, he's 13. Yeah, he's 13 and seeing him go from running and I mean, he was my jogging partner, jogging with me, skating, playing football to um, having a broken, like fractures in his spine, uh, being so weak that he can't sit himself up. Um, but he's made a lot of improvements, so that's good. Huh. So, jo so Jolene, people, hey, toss me over to Thomas here. Thomas. Hey, th hey, Thomas. Yeah. Can I get your face on there? There you go, buddy. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. So Thomas, I just want to read a comment. People are coming on here. And what can we do for this young man? What are your favorite things? How can we help you? People want to help you. What are your favorite things? What do you like? 
video games. You like video games? Okay. Football. My favorite football team is the Dallas Cowboys. Your favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. Um, okay. I like skateboarding. Skateboarding, okay. What's the hardest part for you, Thomas? I'm not sure. It's probably, is it, I would just imagine as a 13 year old kid, because you can't go out and run around with your friends and stuff like you were, right? Mm hmm. That's got to be kind of hard. Yeah. At least you got video games. When I was a kid, we had Pong. Can you imagine playing Pong? You don't even know what Pong is or whatever the hell it was. It was the dumbest thing. It's just like, boom, boom. I'd be doing that for hours. You at least have video games, right? I mean, you got stuff you can conquer. And you can, right? you can talk to your friends yeah. and your video games. Pong. Yeah, thank you, Don. Somebody came on and said Pong. So, so what... Um, you and I talked earlier today. So what kind of pain are you in, Thomas? Like, what does it feel like? I don't know how to explain. What makes you happy? Um, I've seen a smile on everyone's face. Okay. What, what have you learned about your mom? Nothing. <laughs> Am I a good was, roommate? <laughs> well, she kind of sticks with you, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Now, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah. How many? Three. Okay. And they're around and stuff? Kind of. So did you answer my question about do you have a girlfriend? No. <laughs> Why not? You're a handsome guy. Why don't you have a girlfriend? I don't know. <laughs> You're 13. Come on. <laughs> so I asked you earlier when, and I said, here's the question I want you to think about. So when you're by yourself and you're alone, what do you think about Thomas? My future. And what do you think about your future? How it's going to affect it and what it's going to be like. What is it going to be like, do you think? What do you think your future is going to be? I'm not sure. You're going to be good. Right, Tom? We're going to be good, hopefully. So what if you dream a little? What What do you want to be? Like, I know you're only 13, but if you could be anything you want to be, what would you be? What will you be? I don't know. No, that's not the answer, Thomas. I got to have an answer. I'm gonna, you're going to stay on here. I'll go till midnight if you don't answer my question. <laughs> um, what dream? What do you what, what do you want to be? What would you, what do you want to do? Be a fireman. A fireman. Yeah, a fireman. So rescue other people and help them and put out fires and all that. Yeah, either that or being a chef. Oh. Now, Sheriff, I have to warn you, that is an elected position. So you have to get people to vote for you. But when you get to that point, I can help you. I've done this. Not, I'm not the sheriff, but I've run for I'm like, like a, I chef. Lost. a chef. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said sheriff. <laughs> no. Okay. So what do you like to cook? You cook? You cook? Yeah. 
okay, so what? Like, what do you cook? Mm-hmm. You do too now. <laughs> Come on. Do you know. make do you make cheese sandwiches? Uh-huh. I went I had I had breakfast one time with this famous chef, and he says that when he has a class and he teaches kids, he or people, adults, the first thing he has them do is make um cheese sandwiches or macaroni and cheese. Put their own spin on it. So you should try that. Try making a cheese sandwich that nobody else has ever had before. Oh yeah. So how much, so Jolene, how much, um, what, what's the, like for the next few months, what do you expect to see happen with him? What, what is the, um, you know? So he just, he finished up some radio, uh, some radiation. Um, they're going to give him a break before they actually hit the spot where the cancer started, which is the bottom of his foot. Um, he has, uh, chemo once a week. Um, it, it kind of rotates um, every three weeks. It's uh, three chemos once a month. It's a five day course. Um, and he has to go, he has to be impatient because of his back. Um, and because the chemo has brought his uh, blood cell count down um, pretty low. So they have to keep an eye on that to Cause he usually has to have blood or uh platelets or the um there's one other one i can't remember what it's called sorry so so jolene what what have you learned about your son that you did not know prior to this he is so heroic um he handles pain like i've never seen anybody handle pain most of us would be totally debilitated um, if he had a fractured two vertebrae in your back. And he walked around like it was just a sore muscle. Um, He, even when he went in to the hospital, he, they had to ask me, you know, we know he has to be in pain, but he wasn't they didn't know how to start him on pain meds because he wasn't complaining or, it, you know, like it was just to see how strong he is. is incredible. And it's an inspiration. Very what, inspiring. What, what have you learned about Jolene? Um, I, through this process, I have learned how to be a really good advocate for him. Um, I've had to be strong. I've had to be pushy and I'm a very introverted, shy, um, person. So I've had to find my voice for him. Um, I've had to push the doctors, uh, a little bit to get them. I don't know. I just, I I found my voice. That's for sure. He is for him. So when you're sitting there late at night um, and it's just you and, and God, mm-hmm. what do you ask God? Um, honestly, I ask him why. That's fine. I think that's fair. Um, sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I've asked him to give it to me instead of him. I've been, I've been angry 
has so many emotions. Um, but I ask him mostly to watch over him and give him straight. I ask him to, you know, give his medical team knowledge. Uh, what What do you think of miracles now? I know they're possible. I'm I'm seeing it right now. I think. Is that what you hang? <laughs> is that what you hang on to? Yeah. 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 So Thomas, I'm almost done here. You want tissue? Can I see your whole head? Yeah. Hey buddy, can I ask you a question that I, I don't want, I'm not gonna try to make you uncomfortable, but I know, yeah. so here, can you just look, look right at me in here, okay, when you can? Can you see me? Yeah. So you and I are both crying. I know why I'm crying. What? Why are you crying, buddy? Um. Are you scared? Yeah. All of us who've been through cancer understand that, buddy. And yours is way more. Thomas, I think you are like a pretty cool kid. You know, and I'm really sorry this is happening to you. Um, I just hope for the best. You're gonna beat it. <laughs> and yeah, you I just you know what? No, you're you're but dude, you have a you you're you're like you have a story and you're touching people's lives, and people are like, and I know. It's not worth all the pain that you're going through and that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I just think it's really brave that you're 13 and you're coming on here and talking to people and you're making people feel something. And after this whole year, two years of COVID, I think so many people don't feel anymore. And you are just stretch, you're pulling the feelings right out of us and, and people want to do stuff to help you. And, and so I know that doesn't make it worth it. But I think we all have a, a, you know, we're all given stuff to live and we don't know why and what we have to go through and all that. But look how strong you are. Right? I mean, you're pretty amazing. I'm honored to meet you. And I'm so glad that I got to do this with you because um, I, 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 I will I'll never forget you. I will never forget you. And I'll, I'll, when in a few months or something, I'm gonna we're gonna catch you. your mom's gonna keep in contact with me, and you can keep in contact with me. You have my email, and I'd love to talk. You know, just back and forth. We can just talk on, online and stuff like that. But I wanna I wanna see what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you all right with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're a good man. You're, I can guarantee you this. Somewhere down the line, it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. It may not look like it, and it may better may not be what you think, but it will get better. Okay? Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying that's how life works, and you never know what that better is going to look like. There's a whole bunch of people on here answer, asking stuff. 
and putting Thomas, like hashtag Thomas something. <laughs> you have your own hashtag now, buddy. <laughs> and you go in there and answer and people are saying, what can we do for you? And if you guys, I know there's some friends of yours on here too, Jolene, but if people can answer them, give them some concrete things they can do. If it's, there is a GoFundMe, you guys, that they're going to put up. Um, but if there's other things, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan, um, you know, shower this family with some love and, and let them know that, um, that we're fighting with Thomas and Jolene through this whole thing. Okay. Thomas, thank you, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And Jolene, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you are welcome. Thanks for joining us. And Thomas, we're going to keep touch with you. Okay. Okay. All right. Have a good evening, okay? Go play some video games. <laughs> Go make a cheese sandwich, man. <laughs> no. Everybody loves your flag. They <laughs> love it. Oh. All right, Thomas and Jolie, thank you so much for thank sharing you. your story with us. See you later. Thank you. So. pretty amazing um, you know throughout my career in my business and my life um, God has given me the rare opportunity to drop in on the lives of angels and um, and see people in places that are hard and um, that that family would share that intimacy with us. God, that's, a, that's what it means to be a human being. Is to be able to feel what you're feeling right now. And as we've talked before, to be a community is an action word. So we have to do something. We can't just walk away and say, I feel sorry for Thomas and Jolene. You have, to, you have to kind of do something. Pray for him. Send him something. Flood his house with stuff. Dallas Cowboys stuff. Step outside of yourself. Um, wow. See how that feels right now? Just right now. It's like, uh, they live in Lebanon, Oregon, and there's friends on here who are friends with them. Uh, someone can answer you. Uh, Samantha just put this up. Uh, she's a friend of the families. That's where they are. Would you guys do that? Like really? And share this on your page and let other people see it. Um, and don't feel sorry for them. Just, just do something for them. Action. Love is action, right? We talk about that all the time. You can just see the pain on his face. 13. 
All right. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just a little taken back. Yeah, Samantha Thomas does have a life that's bright. All right. Um, again, share it on your page, please. Um, let his story go somewhere else. Um, all I know is God is good. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know why stuff like that happens, but just have to remind yourself. God is good. Um, Donna, the GoFundMe is in the comments. If you go up there, you'll find the GoFundMe in the comments. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night, guys. We have a show tomorrow night. Uh, what's going on tomorrow night? Oh, another great show. Albert Taylor. They work with people with different abilities, and they're going to be on talking about their need for employees, but also uh, their clients and some of the most wonderful people ever. So we'll have them on. We're having some really bright spots here. Even though this is a sad story, it's a bright spot. Thanks, Mike. It's going to be okay.